Your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Rich Rothman. It's 5 o'clock straight up. Kind of means you're in your car, I guess, at this point, driving home. And uh, welcome to Wanda. Wanda Miles is in the booth. Hi. Hey, 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 hey. How are your ears? How are you? Hey, you're wearing a sweatshirt today. You know why? You're going to need Don't it. Don't get me started. No, you're going to need it. Well, oh, really? It's going to be. getting cold? It is going to be cold. It is, we should have We should have had Craig on the phone today. I did do a forecast earlier. But, uh, you know, that's right, because you were on uh, um, uh, N- NPR. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so should we, we shouldn't ask you why you're wearing a sweatshirt. No, no. All right, no, we won't ask. No, no. You could call in, though, and ask Wanda why yeah, she's wearing could. a sweatshirt. Because then at, I just, just volunteer. Then it. she would volunteer. And if you really want to know, like I do, call us at 866-954-4276. Mm-hmm. And you can ask Wanda why is she wearing a sweatshirt today. Anyway, welcome to the show on 880 The Biz. We're glad to have you here. Uh, interesting show today. Uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to have Peter Cohen uh, calling in from the Northeast. And we can commiserate with him being chilly. And uh, we're uh, actually it was it was 81 degrees when I left my home today, and it dropped down to about 75, 74 degrees as the front started coming wow. through. It got it got pretty chilly all of a sudden. Uh, anyway, Peter's going to be here. To, we're going to talk a little bit about Citigroup and um, what a disaster at Citigroup, and what a great big huge company uh, for so so long, and then here we are, uh, you know, s- selling off and. Stock down $164 billion in net equity from the company, and um, uh, Rubin is leaving uh, after all these years, uh, Robert Rubin, for a, a decade at Citigroup, and he did a really good job. He only lowered the value of the company by 82%, but hey, um, we'll talk about that in just a bit. Uh, Jeff Sabar scheduled to be on the show and call a little bit today and talk some technology. And then at about 5.30, or about 25 of uh, the hour, the second half of the hour, we're going to have uh, a well-known uh, doctor, Dr. Charles Russo. He's, he's written a book called The Fort Lauderdale Diet. Uh, Dr. Russo is going to wind up being a regular on the show. And we're going to talk about, I guess, executive health a little bit today. And uh, Dr. Russo is a uh, well-known internist and cardiologist up in uh, Fort Lauderdale. And he wrote a terrifically good book, which you can get on Amazon, of course, because you can get everything on Amazon.com, uh, about dieting. And, uh, and particularly, you know, right after the holidays, we're back to the real world. It's well into the second week of January, and we've got to drop those pounds that we started adding ever since Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Don't you kind of, hey, Wanda, don't you kind of go bingy a little bit between Thanksgiving and the start of the year? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I know we did. I mean, it's really the best eating all year round. Well, it's the most fun. Yeah. You know, a lot of cookies. I a lot of cookies. A lot of cookies. Not really in the mood for turkey in the middle of summer. Uh, no. 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 But but you know, and I know I'm not a big turkey eater, but I do love it around Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. Christmas. It's exactly. a good time to do it. So um, we're going to have uh, Doctor Russo on the show, which will be kind of interesting. Uh, let me just give you a couple of updates as, as you're moving along. I know if you're on the station listening to 880, you heard Bloomberg do the market wrap up. Uh, the Dow was down today uh, about 25 points, 25.4, to finish up at 84.48.56. It has not done really well. Um, getting into the second week of uh, uh, the uh, the market studies uh, in January, uh, the Nasdaq, on the other hand, was up seven point six uh, to finish at fifteen forty six, and the S and P was actually up one one about a buck and a half one point five three to finish at eight seventy one point seven nine, uh, and the most interesting thing is, of course, that oil 
You know, oil spiked a little bit last week. It was back up to about 47 almost $50 a barrel. In fact, it was $50 a barrel for a while. Uh, but it's down now. It went down to $37 a barrel. Yesterday, it's slightly over $37 a barrel today. And, uh, and of course, that's important for us because we're very concerned about the price of gasoline, which uh, was spiking up dramatically for most of the year and dropped down in the last couple of months, uh, as low as, in some places, $1.59 a gallon. Uh, it's it's going back up a little bit right now, and it's going to be that way for a while. And also, because oil is so cheap, and it was coming in at $37, $36 a barrel, uh, governments are stocking up on oil. And that's a, uh, a situation where uh, the price of oil going into the future is going to be more expensive. So the uh, you know the stock guys are back and the uh, speculators are back, and the price of oil is going to go up, price of gasoline is going to go up, and that's just the way it goes. Speculators really are just rumor spreaders. Well, yeah, and uh, you know exactly. Now, when oil was, what was the reason that oil was really going up to almost one hundred and fifty dollars a barrel? It had nothing to do with supply and demand. Speculating. Speculating. It was all speculation. And uh, and that just exploded. Uh, and, and what helped it to explode was the fact that the economies of the world just totally tanked. And um, But, you know, people are driving more again now. The gasoline's cheaper, and uh, the economies are, uh, you know, they're, they're feeling that. Look, cheap, oil is so cheap right now that people can stock up. The governments can stock up. So what, what does that mean? Well, they're going to buy it, so it's going to raise it. So the, And they're speculating that in the future – that oil will be that much more expensive going out towards July. Now, isn't that remarkable mm. that at the same time that uh, of last year when oil started going up, they're anticipating that oil will once again go up this year. Mm, so that doesn't make you happy. Just when everybody's feeling good, the ice and snow is gone, they're going to get out and do their late spring, uh, summer driving. Kids, it's going to get expensive. So listen, none of us take our eye off the ball in terms of alternative fuels. Nobody. You've got to keep thinking that, you know what, we have to get away from this uh, from the guys of the world who want to hurt us with oil. And we're going to have to be with oil for a while, but we've got to get off of oil. And, uh, and to that point, of course, General Motors today at the uh, uh, North American uh, Auto Show in Detroit, the North American International Auto Show in New York today, Rick Wagner, the CEO of General Motors, unveiled the new battery pack for their big car coming out in 2010, the Volt. And we've talked about that before on yeah. the show, and we've had Sean O'Hanlon and uh, Steve uh, Carpell and Ed Black. We have to get Ed Black, a big conference on energy coming up this week in uh, Florida. We'll talk about that. So when we come back in just a few minutes on 880 The Biz, uh, we're going uh, to have uh, Peter Cohen on the show, Cohen, from the Northeast, and uh, we'll be talking about city and a couple of other exciting things. The number is 866 Why don't you key that in right now while you're uh, kind of driving along or sitting in traffic? Don't take your eye off the wheel. And uh, we'll come right back. See you in a minute. or the ITC promotes Miami-Dade County as a global gateway by enhancing international relations, cultural understanding, and international trade. Every year, the ITC leads two business development missions to countries that have the potential to increase trade with our community through Miami International Airport or the Port of Miami. The ITC is the official county agency charged with the development of this trade. 
and functions as an umbrella organization or clearinghouse for other trade development efforts within the county. Our vision is to promote and strengthen Miami-Dade County's excellent business climate, strong international financial services, and rich cultural diversity, making it the logical platform for trade with Latin America and the Caribbean. For more information about the J. Molina International Trade Consortium, go to miamidade.gov slash ITC or call us at 305-375-5808. It might be as simple as a water heater that bursts and floods your home. It could be as devastating as a fire that destroys your home. Either way, you need someone to represent you to make sure you get the maximum compensation from your insurance company. You need someone who knows how to prepare claims accurately. You need someone who can help you get a prompt and equitable settlement. You need East Coast Public Adjusters, one of the largest and most dependable firms in the insurance industry. East Coast Public Adjusters will be there for you every step of the way, from the initial evaluation and throughout the preparation of your claim. Sometimes people settle claims with their insurance company only to realize they're entitled to much more. East Coast Public Adjusters will help you reopen your claim and try to get you the money you need. If you've suffered damage to your home from flood, fire, lightning, wind or smoke damage, or even theft, you need East Coast Public Adjusters. Call East Coast Public Adjusters today, 305-441-0882, or on the web at eastcoastadjusters.com. Should commodities be part of your investment portfolio in 2009? What might be the performance for commodities in 2009? Where are the energy prices going? Is the bearish trend coming to an end in the U.S. dollar? Should I own gold or silver? Will the cost of food go up or down? If these questions are important to your investment strategy, then you should be talking to MB Wealth, a full-service commodity brokerage, to find out how MB Wealth is positioning its clients to take advantage of commodities over the next few months and quarters. Let MB Wealth help you at the retail level or advise you on a partial asset allocation with a commodity trading advisor with an established track record. In this volatile economy, it is more important than ever to have a diversified portfolio. Find out more on commodity investment specifics by calling MB Wealth at 954-929-9997 or log on to our website at www.mbwealth.com. And while you're there, check out MB Wealth's weekly commodity commentary plus monthly research articles, tools that can help with your investment decisions. Call Matt Bradbart, President MB Wealth, at 954-929-9997 for all the details. MB Wealth, a full-service commodity firm. Risk of loss in trading commodity futures and options can be substantial. All funds committed should be purely risk capital. Past performance is no guarantee of future trading results. Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets, now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami, Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, 
Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL, customer service is back in shipping. Fresh talk with a South Florida flavor. If you ask me, everybody in this theater is a giant sucker, especially you. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Great music. Welcome back to the show. It's uh, 12 minutes after the hour of 5. Rich Rothman here on 880 The Biz. Glad to have you here and glad to have Wanda with us as well. Uh, interesting day today. Um, let me just point out briefly, as you're driving home, you may notice the weather has changed a bit. And uh, evidently, we're going to have a heck of a lot more change coming down because uh, we're going to have a cold front come in uh, sometime tonight between uh, late tonight and early tomorrow morning. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, microphone's on. Uh, between uh, tonight, sorry about that, folks. Between uh, tonight and tomorrow morning, we're going to have a um, uh, a cold snap come through, and it, out in the boonies, it's going to go down to around forty degrees in that area, and um, everywhere else will be somewhere in the fifties, which is kind of chilly for us. We're lucky if tomorrow it makes it into the uh, low seventies or seventy degrees. So that's that's as cold as it gets for us down here, unless it snows, which I do remember. Back in 1979, uh, I was around. We had snow flurries one day in January. We had high humidity. The temperature got into the 30s, low 30s, uh, mid to low 30s. But we had wind and the wind chill, and the moisture absolutely precipitated, and we had some snow. Because I remember my schnauzer running around licking it from the ground. So that was uh, an interesting thing. So be aware of that tonight. If you're going to go out tonight, you'll probably need a sweater. It's going to be a bit chilly, and uh, you might want to open your windows uh, later tonight and let that fresh air come in. And uh, uh, enjoy it. Be good to have you do that. So uh, I don't know if we have Peter. On, we do have Peter. Okay, terrific. Uh, Peter Cohen uh, is on the phone from Peter Cohen and Associates uh, in the uh, in the Massachusetts area, folks. Everyone feels sorry for him because he's in the cold temperature. Um, so welcome to the show, Peter. Uh, well, thank you very much. I was amazed to hear you talking about snow uh, down there. Yep, 1979. Uh, wow. I I never. That's the first I ever knew about it. Couple of minor things of, of weather. Once we had a tornado. We had a twister in downtown Miami uh, about ten years ago that went right past the Miami Herald building. Huh. And if so, if you Google that, you'll see that very famous photograph. That's the only one we ever had here. Oh, and wow. then uh, it did a little damage, and then it went out to sea, so it really didn't do much else. But actually, in '79, it was about. It wasn't below 32 degrees, but it was in the mid 30s, high humidity, and we had a lot of wind. And uh, just whipped it up, and we had snow flurries for a while. It's the last time it snowed uh, in Miami. Well, um, I've been hearing this weather report about how we're supposed to get an Arctic blast. And it reminds me of this uh, movie called The Day After Tomorrow. I don't know if you ever saw it. Of course, Dennis Quaid. And uh, basically they're in this helicopter, and all of a sudden the temperature goes down to, I don't know, 100 below zero or something. And And it freezes. Yeah, the whole thing freezes. And I was just thinking about that because... You've got this massive, you know, it's like probably 40 degrees below zero somewhere in Alaska and now in, in Canada, and now it's coming down, heading our direction by uh, Thursday. So uh, we'll be getting some really super cold uh, air here for about a day, and uh, then it'll warm back up to our normal 31, which is what it was like here today. 
Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but um, it was 82 degrees when I left my home today, and it oh, went down to a blister, you know, really cold, uh, 71 to 75 degrees, depending wow. upon where you were. That's a big drop. It is a big drop, but tonight it's going down to 50s on the coast and 40s inland, which is pretty cold for Florida, Peter. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed. So, Peter, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Citigroup, Citicorp. Yes. What happened to that company? What a great company it was. <laughs> Well, it's it's interesting because um, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but when I first started out in my consulting career, um, and this was in the early 80s, um, I uh, worked on a project for a uh, insurance company, which uh, you probably heard of called Travelers. Of course. And Travelers was all up hot and bothered because this guy named Sandy Weil was going around buying up um, brokerage firms and insurance companies and banks and trying to create a sort of a one-stop shopping uh, thing for consumer financial services. Um, And he ultimately, uh, I guess, bought Shearson, sold it to uh, American Express, um, and uh, that basically um, got divested, and they formed, uh, you know, got divested and formed Lehman Brothers. Uh, They threw out Sandy Weil, who uh, started all over again and built up this uh, huge thing starting with commercial credit in Baltimore and making a bunch of acquisitions, uh, including Travelers Insurance, which I had worked with in the early 80s to try and develop a strategy for one-stop shopping. And he ultimately then merged that with Citigroup and in 1998. Uh, and then in 1999, they, uh, they repealed, effectively repealed the Glass-Steagall Act, which was passed in 1933, to ban the merger, the kind of combinations of investment uh, and commercial banking. And today, um, it turns out that Citigroup is now going to reverse all that stuff and go back to the good old days of separating uh, consumer uh, banking from investment banking. Um, so we're going back to the future um, today. So isn't that more wonderful? And and the interesting thing is that Ruben, uh, Robert Rubin's leaving City yes. as its uh, you know captain and head. He's from Miami, isn't he? Uh, yeah. And, but how much he's taking a lot of money with him? Uh, he made about one hundred and twenty-four, one hundred twenty-six million dollars in his decade as an advisor to Citigroup. Uh, I noticed he was very careful to kind of make himself out of the line, but he got paid an awful lot of money without having any real responsibilities, or, or so he claims. Um, and mean during that time, the stock market value of City lost about, went down about $160 billion. Isn't that amazing? $160 billion. So it's almost like he was getting a little bit of that, that uh, reduction in his pay. But anyway, uh, yeah, I guess you, uh, you kind of wonder at what point... Um, you know, in the price lost eighty-two percent during his time there. Um, you kind of have to wonder how bad does it have to get before they say, "Gee, maybe you know this person doesn't belong here anymore." Um, so he he left. Um, you know, I don't know what uh, precipitated his departure, but Ruben is is now uh, leaving. Uh, but uh, you know, it's a shame because he had a great reputation when he left the Clinton White House, and uh, you know now he's going to have that that uh, problem of what happened with City. Um, on his shoulders. And another thing that happened this afternoon was that uh, City sold off its Smith Barney. Right, uh, I was going to bring that up. Uh, for $2.7 billion in cash to Morgan Stanley, which will now have the most stockbrokers of any uh, brokerage firm uh, on Wall Street. It will now be more than more, uh, Merrill Lynch. And the thing that comes to my mind is why would anybody want to. Uh, 
give their money to a stockbroker. When you see what's happening with Bertie Madoff, and then there's this guy flying around Alabama now who's apparently I know. That's going to come up in, in a little bit. I'm going to talk about him. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he crash-landed his plane. He faked a crash landing, called in a mayday, parachuted out of his plane. You know what I find amazing, Peter, is that he put his plane on autopilot and jumped out. <laughs> wow. I mean, whoa! That's, what is that all about? Yeah, that's that is. Holy a, shoot! He's a real risk taker, I'll tell you. <laughs> Holy moly! I mean, where did he think his plane was going to go? I don't know. The guy is absolutely nuts. Oh my god! I so don't know, you know, it's like one thing after <laughs> another. I thought, you know, I thought that uh, the Madoff thing was was uh, the most incredible. There was this guy named Sam Israel who did something uh, earlier this year um, where he feigned disappearance by driving his uh, SUV to some bridge in, up, in, up in New York somewhere where a lot of people supposedly jump off the bridge. And well, that's I, a Cornell in Ithaca. That has the famous history of the students. Once a year, at least, sometimes twice, students jump off into the gorge. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that, look that up, because I, I remember yeah, that like, when that. I was at Syracuse. Well, I've heard about that. And uh, anyway, this guy had a very bizarre disappearance. I guess he ended up uh, in some kind of a trailer park in western Massachusetts, and then... Uh, they found him, but this guy with the with the plane and the fake you know the fake crash and all this this is, this sounds like it's going to be an even more interesting story. Well, they find him. They did find his wet clothing in <laughs> <laughs> the hangar <laughs> and his motorcycle gone. Not a good idea. If you're going to fake it, fake it. You know, yep. be good at faking it. You know, be like Bernie for God's sakes. If you're going to take the money, go for it and do it right. I mean, Madoff at least did it right. He stole a lot of money. Yeah, well, it's kind of sad up here in Massachusetts. There's this guy um, uh, who has had had this textile firm. He's 95 years old, and I think he's Carl. His name is Carl Shapiro, and he, uh, so I think he lost something like 450 million dollars with Madoff. Um, his uh, son-in-law was one of the feeder funds, and um, the point is that he's given a lot of money to. Um, hospitals and other charitable institutions up here in, in Massachusetts, which will no longer be getting the money. But at least if he has his myocardial infarction, he'll get good care. Yes, he would. But <laughs> at the age of 95, if he hasn't had one already, he's probably not going to have one. He's going to grab your chest and fall to the ground. You know, it's so different. Now, of course, it's sort of like in, in, the, in 29, there were the rumors, there were myths that people were jumping out of windows because of the stock market. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people really did that from what I've read. I think huh. one person actually jumped. But Interesting. I, I thought, yes. Yeah, seem to have that perception myself. Yeah, no, and uh, you should look look that up, and, and it's, it's a myth. Hmm. But uh, but today, you know, what do people do? You know, after Madoff, you have the French banker blow his brains out. That was one. No, you he, have he, this guy. That guy actually uh, went into his office, put some buckets underneath his wrist, and then slit the wrist. Oh, that's right. That's right. He he yeah. didn't. He slit his. Well, very, obviously, he studied history. He should have been in a hot bath and pretend he's in Rome. In, yeah, there's a painting about that. Yeah, he should have done that right. Even the Godfather knew that. Yeah. But, uh, that's right, there was that scene from the Godfather. Yeah, and, and then we have people driving their SUVs into God knows what, and other people are flying their private planes into the ground. Oh, my God. We're in a different time zone, i got to tell you that. The world has changed, Peter. Yes. Well, um, I'm glad that uh, you and I are the only normal ones that are on the on this particular radio program. Yeah, well, you didn't talk to my ex-wife. She wouldn't agree with you. Okay, well, I have not had that conversation yet. Though. <laughs> well, listen, i got to go. I was going to talk about trade, but we're going to save that for next week. One, one quick thing. Sure. Let's t- your book. The, yes. the, the book. Tell us the name of the book again. It's called You Can't Order Change, and it's, it's a management book about a, a great leader by the name of Jim McNerney who runs Boeing. 
and, and that's a great. It's so relevant right now. First of all, Boeing. It was in the paper again today. Boeing and and uh, Airbus are you know battling to get their planes out, and they're both grounded right now. Except Airbus delivered one jet, I guess, at this point. It's really a uh, really a challenge uh, for uh, coming up with a new aircraft and getting it out there. And um, I think one of the great things about uh, McNerney is that for any any company in any any. Uh, any business is that he's such a great motivator of people and he's really great at, at picking talent and uh he's definitely running into some uh some problems getting his uh, se- the 787 uh produced uh on the new schedule um but he is really uh overall uh, a great leader and a great motivator of people and that's why i think uh, what he's done is is worth a lot of other people taking a look at even if they're not in the industry Absolutely. So we can get that book on Amazon.com, and you can go to your local major bookstore and go find that. Yeah, it's called You Can't Order Change, and for more information, go to PeterCohan.com. And they shall do that, and we will promote that. Peter, stay well. If you're going to get really chilled, uh, grab another sweater. I will. I appreciate the advice, and um, I hope you stay um, a lot warmer down there than we are up here. I'll email you. Okay. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Bye, Peter. Bye-bye. Well, there's our connection to the Arctic Northeast. Jeffrey Zabar, how are you? Is Je- did I oh, reach- yeah. Jay, Jeff, I'm sorry. We ran a little bit long. I apologize. You're killing me. You're killing me. Uh, okay. You're killing me here. You're killing me here. How's the world of technology, Jeffrey? The world of technology is great. I'm suffering through a, uh, a printer malfunction right now, which leads me to believe, and this, this is a great thing. We, we've spoken about it briefly in the past, and I think it's something people need to keep in mind. Quite often we have tech support that we just jump to immediately whenever we have any sort of problem, as opposed to just troubleshooting things ourselves with all technology. So I have a Canon, what's called a PIXMA IP3000 printer. It's a great little printer. If I think if I had it to do over, I would do a little bit more research because I've been dealing with a gentleman up in uh, West Palm Beach, uh, a guy named Bob Bloom with uh, Ink and Toner USA. He did not pay me to say that. He just renders good service, hence I give him a little shout-out here. But I should have called Bob or I should have called a print company or somebody I know who, who deals with this before I bought the printer because this printer oozes every time it prints, it prints from all four cartridges. The cyan, the yellow, the magenta. Why would it do that? It Why would it and, do uh, that in black and white? And black. So even if I'm printing black, all four have a little bit of ink coming out of them. So, which on HPs, most HPs apparently don't do that. So, right. A, I'm going through a lot more print cartridges than I would be if I had bought an HP or, or a different model that doesn't do that. Um, not to say Canons don't have models that don't do that. But then the other thing is, is I'm having problems where now it won't print at all. It runs the paper through, you hear the print head moving, but, it's, but no ink is coming out on the paper. So I'm sitting here self-diagnosing, running my own diagnostics on it, and, and trying to figure out what contacted him to learn a little bit more. But... If you step back and you try and troubleshoot on your own, you can A, save some time, B, you're not going to run off to tech support at 75 bucks an hour or whatever, or you know, unplug the device and take it into the shop, or you, know, you don't take printers into the shop anymore, you take them to the dump and then just buy a new one, they're so cheap. Um, but you learn a little bit more and you become a little bit more self-confident about your technology. And I think that's, that's, that's kind of a good lesson to learn every now and again, is how to diagnose and, and sort of self-diagnose and troubleshoot some of the issues we face with our technology. See, it's very dangerous for me to do that because I, I get frustrated so easily, so I would probably break it. Well, there's also the side that says, okay, from a financial standpoint, you know, they, as they say, what's your core competency? If IT is not, and you're going to uh, say you are an attorney who bills at 325 an hour, 
Um, is it worth it for you to spend an hour trying to figure this out or hire a guy at a buck twenty-five an hour or a hundred bucks an hour to come in and fix it or exactly. whatever the price may be? Um, but there's also a lot of people I know who just, you know, no matter what they what their station in life is, they love dabbling in this stuff. And I tell you, when I get this process and this problem figured out with my Pixma, I'm going to be one happy guy, especially if it's I who figures it out and I who fixes it. So, well, that's great. Now, let me let me just point out one boy. thing. Yippee. Sorry. Let me point out one thing. In, in uh, is it Canon? You said. Uh huh. And there maybe in your behalf, you know, I've been in. I, I published magazines for almost 30 years. So I used to go to the print runs a lot. Right. When we print black and white in mag, you don't print just black and white. Right. When you print, your black's got about 20% dark blue in it. And because that pumps up your black and white on the on the white, you know, paper, enamel paper, and it gives you a much better uh, look. Right. You know, crisper uh, printing job. Right. So uh, pop on the page. Yeah, it does. So maybe it, it would be helpful to you to, to you know to do that. But it would eat up a lot of your cartridges, and that would get be expensive, I think, after a while. Well, and that's the problem is you know, as they say, these printers. Okay, you can go out and you can buy a printer for forty nine bucks, then go buy your cartridges. Oh, sorry, these cartridges cannot be refilled. You know, once you get it home and you you know you've done all that. Um, that's another reason to go out to different websites, whether it's CNET, whether you know, whether it's PC Mag, whatever. And, and do your research, because I, I tell you, no matter what device you want to buy, whether it's a phone, whether it's a computer, a laptop, a set of speakers, a headset, a printer, there have been people who have reviewed this product and given it thumbs up, thumbs down. And if you're going to invest the money and, more importantly, invest the time in some of this technology, it really behooves you to spend a little bit of time researching it first so you get exactly what you want. Does it print sort of photo quality prints or do you not need that are you spending extra i never print from this i mean i just don't print i mean i never print photo quality prints for my printer it's just not important to me and i i personally see that as a waste of resources to run it that way i'd rather do it from a dedicated photo printer or whatever the case may be but you know do your research you can find out what some of the technology is that's out there um so that you can maximize what you're looking to buy you don't need any color look when was the last time you went into a doctor's office and they had a color printer on the desktop they're running laser black and white because right. all they need is black and you can white. get a laser black and white laser printer pretty inexpensively absolutely prices are plummeting and it's really good just shop around you know do your due diligence you can even find them online ebay or you know amazon some of the online sites get some really good deals i'm an hp guy i have to tell you that when it comes to printers i'm loving hp i've got their printers you know in other rooms in the house and i think next time i go out and buy a printer that'll be the direction my hp the the little one i have in my office and home well we must be 10 uh, years old jeffrey it's at least eight to ten years old and it works fine they are the energizer bunnies of the printer category i know i'm not going to replace it until it just says please bury me exactly i'm just not doing it anyway we got to split it's all good. Thanks, Jeff. It's been fun. Rich, thank you much. Okay, buddy. Take care. Bye. Jeff Zabar, chiefhomeofficer.com. Also catch his column in the uh, uh, South Florida Business Journal this Friday. Every Friday, Jeff Zabar. Z-B-A-R. He'd be the man. He's a good guy. And we enjoy having him on the show. When we come back, we're going to have Dr. Charles Russo. Uh, he's going to talk to us about keeping us healthy and in the right weight. And you know what? It may not be as hard as we think it is. So we'll be right back on 880 The Business with Rich Rothman. Stay where you are. We're going to make you healthy. 
Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business, and of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact, as well as a significant economic impact for all of us. The Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airport. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. Where in South Florida can you find a truly elegant hotel with 276 luxury guest rooms offering a newly renovated championship golf course, tennis courts, the largest hotel swimming pool in the country with private poolside cabanas, a world-class spa, and an award-winning fitness center with a restaurant that Zagat called one of the best restaurants in the country, all spread over a 150-acre tropical paradise landscape. Give up? At Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Built in 1926, Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, the golf and spa resort, is a South Florida landmark. With all the amenities to make your next getaway weekend or night away from the kids a memorable experience. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. Your next great getaway weekend or night out awaits you at Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call TNJ Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. From Atlantic Radio Network. Fresh talk with a South Florida flavor. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Man, how are you, man? Welcome back to the show. Welcome to Jamaica. Yes. No worries, man. No worries, man. No worries. We we treat you well here, man. Welcome back to the Rich Rothman Show. It's five thirty-four. Thirty-four minutes after the hour, you're driving home now, and you're probably getting hungry. Don't you think? People are in that car. They're starting to think about food. What are they going to do about food? Uh, they're thinking we're going to stop off and pick up food. That's a dangerous thought. Uh, or they're going to have great food at home waiting for them, which doesn't normally happen in our place. But anyway, 
so now, what I think is a very important thing, we're going to have a, a new person on the show on a fairly regular basis, Dr. Charles Russo of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, Dr. Russo has written a book called The Fort Lauderdale Diet, and I'm welcome. Um, let, let's make welcome to Dr. Russo. How are you, Dr. Russo? I'm doing fine, Rich, and thanks for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. So don't you think when people are driving home, they're thinking about food, and sometimes that's when the wrong decision may be made. You know, they say, well, where can I stop off on this fast food, fast food stuff and pick up something quick because I'm too lazy to make the food or I'm too tired to make the food, which I can understand. Absolutely, and, and this is the toughest meal of all. The other meals are certainly much easier to make decisions on, but you can always make good decisions even when it comes to uh, driving home in the fast foods. Uh, all of the places now have an alternative menu, even McDonald's, even Wendy's, even Burger King. You can make a healthier choice than the, the Big Mac or the, uh, or, or the uh, uh, Burger King you know, burger. Every place has a grilled uh, uh, chicken uh, sandwich that you can get. Every place has a salad alternative. A lot of places now have fruit cups and so on and so forth. There are always good alternatives you can you can make. Um, the most important thing I want to get across to people is that it's good that we have these cycles, like the New Year cycle, where we make these resolutions, where we can think about what we want to do and how we want to do it better. And uh, it's it's always very good uh, on January first to, to say, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to eat healthier. And then it's just a matter of going out and trying to do little things. I think you can't make a radical change. People that make radical changes rarely hold to those radical changes. I think you have to make little changes. Instead of grabbing the croissant or the uh, donut or even the bagel in the morning, try and have some a dish of cereal and some fruit or a fruit cup or a low-fat yogurt with skim milk or something like that. Uh, I think that's a healthy alternative for lunch. So you go out with the guys and or the or the girls from work, and you may want to order that burger from time to time. Sneak a salad in there. Almost every restaurant has them. Uh, grab a salad for lunch and for dinner. Uh, that's always the tough thing, as you said. People are are tired when they go home. They're not uh, wanting to make things. But there are, there are quick things you can make. A lot of, a lot of fruits and vegetables are easy to make or steam or do things like that uh, with them. And a little piece of protein, such as chicken or turkey or fish, also can be grilled very quickly. Um, two vegetables and a salad uh, with a piece of protein, such as chicken or turkey or fish, is a healthier alternative. Uh, than the bread and the rice and the potatoes and the pasta that we're used to eating and that we were raised on to begin with. Well, exactly. Uh, we're on the phone right now with Dr. Charles Russo, right here on South Florida Doctor, based in Fort Lauderdale. Our number here is 866-954-4276 if you'd like to make an appointment to see Dr. Russo. <laughs> <laughs> or you can call in and ask a question. The number here is 866-954-4276. You know, it may not be a bad idea, folks, if you're going to do that, and you can ask him what to eat tonight because you're not home. You know, you're on I-95 right now, and you're sitting in traffic unless you paid your $2. You know, I paid $3, one the other night to go on the express lane. It was so crowded, they charged $3 to go up that express lane. Do you get there any faster? And you know what? Seven minutes. You're going to want a warm meal. You want a warm meal. That's right. I mean, I don't know about down there in Miami, but up here in Fort Lauderdale, it's, it's getting cold. It's in the 60s. Well, you know, when I left my house today, uh, I'm going to call you Charles. Is that all right? No problem. All right. Uh, I left my house. It was about 82 degrees, it was, it was, but it was getting cloudy. By the time I hit Coral Gables, it was 75 degrees. 
Wow. So, uh, and, and it was getting, and it rained down here, so I presume the front's coming through. It's going to go down to 50 degrees tonight. Let me ask you a question. Um, and, 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 I, and I discussed this before in the first half of the show. Everybody tends to eat. Now, I'm, I, I never really get heavy, but I tend to eat during uh, Thanksgiving to Christmas. I got to tell you, I'm a Grand Forno a lot. <laughs> on East Fort Lauderdale, yep. which, by the way, in Los Solas, folks, no commercial. They just happen to be great. I mean, if you like Italian cookies, mm-hmm. I, and I'm addicted to that. All right, people eat a lot around the holidays. You know, they tend to get a little love handle there. They get a little weight. They get a little sluggish. And now the year hits. Now it's time. You know, don't people, when they come in and they see you, do they ever talk to you about that? You know, hey, Doc, what do I do? I want, I want, I'd like to drop that eight pounds or seven pounds or four pounds that I gained. What do you say to these guys? Well, exactly that. Then that's part of the what was part of the motivation in writing the book to begin with. What we wanted to do was give people a reasonable, logical, commonsensical approach to dieting, and and because dieting is really the way you should live. It's not something you do temporarily. And unfortunately, many of us, from where we came from, were raised the wrong way. Our parents did what they thought was the right thing. Remember, they used to say, I want you eating. You're not leaving that table until you eat everything everything on on that plate. plate. Exactly. And and, and they, you know, meat and potatoes, if you didn't put meat and potatoes on the table, you weren't a good uh, Exactly. And if you didn't bring the bacon home, literally, (laughs) you you weren't a good (laughs) And and the good thing in my family is that we had a lot of ketchup because I put ketchup on everything so I could eat my mother's food all the time. You know what I mean? but the, the the way to get people motivated, I think, is to just the same thing. I, the opposite of what I tell them for smoking, the statistics show that the fourth or fifth time that you stop smoking, you literally stop. So I tell people to keep stopping. When it comes to dieting, I tell them to keep trying because I think that's the best thing. Sneak a little healthy meal in here. Sneak a, instead of as I said, the pastry or the donut. Sneak a, a bowl of cereal and fruit with skim milk in every now and then. Sneak a low fat yogurt in. Add a salad once or twice a week to what you're eating. You'd be surprised. You just start doing these little things. And then other other things. People say, oh, I can't exercise. I haven't exercised in a while. Look at me now. I've got this. I've got that. I've got the other thing. It hurts. I tell them, look, if you can walk, can you walk? If you can just look at your watch and walk 30 minutes in one direction and walk 30 minutes back in the, in the next direction, you're exercising. You're doing it. Just get out there and start pounding the pavement a little bit, and you'd be surprised how quickly things turn around and, and weight will start to come off gradually. A couple of pounds a week, a couple of pounds a month, whatever it is, it adds up. Well, let me ask you a question. This Do, you, do people who have pets, like Wanda, you have a dog. I have, I have two dogs. Yeah. Well, people, when they walk their dogs, that's great exercise. Absolutely. Besides the fact not, they're dragging not my, you. Not my exactly. dog, by the way. Not my dog, by the way. My dog is an indoor dog. It goes out. If it's raining and the, and the grass is wet, you've got to pick her up and put her on the grass. She's in and out in two seconds. So not my dog, but most other normal dogs are, are good for exercise. Yeah, because you're up in the morning early. My, my dog gets me up at a quarter to six, seven days a week. He doesn't know from days. You know? And we're out there at, you know, in the dark at this point. And walking the dog, but you know what? I get a good you know thirty minute walk in, forty five minute no, walk before excellent. I start the day. Obviously, the five to ten minutes is good, but you're, you're walking twenty to thirty minutes with your dog, and that's that's great exercise. You're doing that twice a day. That's fantastic. That is a way to to uh, get the exercise in fairly painlessly. So l- let's go back to this thing. So over Christmas, people tend to eat a lot, and you can't help it. You've got no, you company. Have, it's being social, you have to between Thanksgiving yeah, and Christmas. You're going to eat. You're going to drink. A lot of calories coming in. And, uh, and, and you're going to continue doing that for about 10 days straight. Mm-hmm. So 
what do you, how do people get started? You know, diets. Uh, people think diets is a really ugly word. It doesn't have to be. I know exactly. That's that, and that's my point about just beginning gradually. As I said, in, in the morning, if you're uh, if you can grab, uh, you know, even now if you go to Publix, they have fruit, fresh fruit prepared for you. It isn't even that hard. You can pick this up for a couple of days during the week. You can grab a little bit of fresh fruit or cantaloupe or honeydew or mixed berries or whatever, and you can have some of that with, with some uh, fresh uh, low-fat yogurt or cottage cheese or, a, or j- dump some of it on a nice high-fiber cereal or even Cheerios, as long as it's not pre-sweetened, with a little bit of skim milk. Um, it takes a couple of seconds. Is there to a plain Cheerios out there now? Yeah, there are, that's, all, that's pretty much the, uh, the, my staple as far as cereals go. Yeah, there are plain Cheerios out there. They don't have to be honey nut or sweetened or anything else. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, the problem is that if you look at, if you look at the amount of uh, Cheerios that, you, that you're supposed to eat in terms of dieting, if you remember those little snack packs, the Kellogg snack packs that they used to have with the little boxes of cereal in them. Yeah, I actually they're very very expensive to buy per unit. Yeah. But I thought I used to think when I was a kid they were cute. Well, if you if you open that up and put that in your cereal bowl, that's the portion kind of that. That's why I'm saying you need to do something else, like put a handful of blueberries or raspberries or strawberries, uh, or cut up a banana in the in the bowl with the cereal too. Because um, uh, I used to eat cereal and I used to take the big soup terrine that my wife serves soup for for the family and I dumped some you know some cereal in it and then I put a whole bunch of other stuff in it and that's obviously since it's a calorie game that that's that's too much to begin with but um uh the important thing is to just start with a good breakfast because it does start fueling uh, the fire if you don't eat um, something in the morning then usually by 10 or 11 o'clock you're starting to get ravenous and that's when the bad habits start but let me let me let me just say this you know people would say you know eat a good breakfast eat a really good lunch and and eat like a pauper for dinner i know i'm not saying it right but you know what i'm getting at yeah. so is that true no i, I don't and, and i don't agree with that at all i eat a, a fairly meager uh breakfast if i uh if i eat it and at all and then uh, a very small lunch and my big meal of the day is always going to be dinner and that's family time anyway and that's the time uh, that you want to be there that that's my biggest meal that that's not true um although I will tell you, uh, older people, and my parents in particular, have gravitated to eating about two meals a day. They eat probably around 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning, and then that early bird between 4 and 6, and that's all they eat. And uh, you know what? They're doing a, a great job of keeping their weight down, and they, they'll snack on healthy things in between nuts and fruit and things like that. And there are healthy snacks. It's not that you can't snack. You have to snack on the right things. Um, uh, so that you so that you don't become ravenous in between eating, uh, but you have to train your stomach. Your stomach will shrink, and it will you will start to accommodate uh, less food if you've been overeating. But it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit of willpower and a little bit of strategy in terms of what to have around so that you don't snack on the wrong things in between the meals. So when someone decides to diet, and and well, should they should they first call their doctor? If uh, if they're an average healthy person, the answer is no. I think I think if they have many medical problems or they're diabetics and oh, things like that, the answer is of course. But yeah. I think the average person doesn't need to call their doctor um, unless they're going on a weird diet. If they're going on one of these fasting diets or one of these uh, you know uh, very high fat like Atkins diets, those are those are things that are not healthy. I think if they're going to eat plenty of fruits and vegetables, plenty of whole grains and cereals. Um, uh, eliminate what we know now are becoming the bad things 
the, the white starches, rice, potatoes, bread, and pasta, eating plenty of chicken and turkey and fish with an occasional um, uh, red meat, uh, that that's a basic healthy diet, and you don't need to check with your doctor if you're a relatively healthy person between your teenage years and 50 years old. And, they should, and it would be a good idea to really stay away from some of the fast food restaurants, I would think. Well, you of course that's a yeah. great idea. I can't even tell you the last time I've been well, to... Me too. Been, been to or near any one of them because i think i think once somebody walked in and they start smelling the foods unless they have incredible strong willpower they're going to go for it you're you know what you're absolutely right but as i said because, because i'm interested in diet and dieting i have looked at their menus and they have changed they have healthier alternatives now than they had 10 years ago you can eat healthier at these places if you're if you're forced to go there and there's no, and there's no alternative for you Okay, so you make a decision to diet. You can sit down and maybe you can plan out some food. What you probably want to do is take stock of the foods that you have in your house. Oh, absolutely. And you do want, a little changeover. You want to start, um, you want to start shopping in a, in a smarter way. And that, the, only, the only negative in terms of healthy eating, whether it's going to Publix or Whole Foods, is that fresh fruits and vegetables don't last very long. So you do have to go every two or three days. So it, it becomes difficult if you're, one, if you're one of these once-a-week shoppers. You can still do it, but it takes some more planning. Well, this is a good start. Now, Dr. Russo is going to be on the show every week, as long as he's able to. You know, he's very busy, and God forbid he has to go do some surgery or something somewhere. But um, uh, he's going to be on, and we're going to be helping you over the next few weeks to become healthier. And uh, so we expect that you can go to our website. You can catch information at therichroffinshow.com, therichroffinshow.com. And you can learn about Dr. Charles Russo because we have information about him posted and his book. Your book's The Fort Little Deal Diet? Yes, and it's at Amazon, of course. Yeah, of course, Amazon.com. And, um, and we'll be giving you more and more information. And bring your questions. Now, there's going to be a test next week, kids. So bring your questions for Dr. Russo next week. And as a matter of fact, why don't you start doing, why don't you take a meal? Think about one of your meals. Maybe if you're that weak, try one meal and, and go from there. Maybe you can start in the morning with a healthier morning breakfast. That's an excellent idea. And, and, and give it a shot. You Just know, start. See it, see, yeah, see if you feel good about it. If you can't make the commitment to go three meals a day, let's try one of your meals. Now, I'm not a doctor. Dr. Roos is on the other line. But at least give it a shot with one and see if you can even make two it. Two or three a week. Just start somewhere. And, and you'll see what happens to you. You know what? You'll think better. You'll feel better. You'll think better. You know, things will improve for you. Even your attitude may improve a little bit. I you think know? you should. I think you're a great motivational speaker, Rich, and uh, maybe you need to uh, start talking to the Miami Heat at this point since uh, I think they're in a little bit of a slump. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm the wrong guy for that. Anyway, uh, Dr. Russo, great having you on the show. We'll talk Thank to you, you next Richard. week. Thank you very much. All right, bye take bye. care. Bye-bye. Dr. Charles Russo, and get a hold of his book, The Fort Lauderdale Diet. If you go to our website, therichroffinshow.com, which, by the way, is where we stream live. I should have told you that an hour ago. And I will next time. Uh, you can see uh, some of the information about Dr. Russo's book. He is a very well-known doctor on, uh, in, in Fort Lauderdale, and he does know what's going on with your heart because he specializes in that stuff, so he can help you uh, dramatically. I know that I'm, gonna try, I'm trying to lose weight. This is it for me. I, there are no more cookies. We threw all that out. No more cakes. Or it's all gone. doesn't exist in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, the fruits are there. Even my son wants to have smoothies. He wants to get away from the ice cream. He's eating yogurt. And yeah, and he wants to make a smoothie in the morning, bananas and strawberries and God knows what else. Let me tell you, you Rothman boys are not fat. 
No, but he just wants to stay that way. Okay. So he's kind of he's into thin, this. Actually. It, well, the, one of them is like gaunt, but yes. um, you know, Philip is you know, he's, yeah, he's he can eat anything. Actually, it's a good thing he can eat anything he wants, but he he doesn't really eat garbage food. He he just doesn't do that. My other son, years ago, who by the way was heavier, mm. much heavier, uh, dropped all his weight. He will. He hasn't eaten meat in I don't know five years. Good for him. He eats chicken and salads and you uh, red meat then. He's, he, he, that, he just eats that. Oh, okay. He doesn't eat red meat. Yeah, he doesn't right. eat red okay. meat. He won't eat a steak or, I mean, forget it. He hasn't had a hamburger since b- sometime in high school. Mm. And he's now a uh, second year postgraduate mm-hmm. student, graduate student. So um, that's, that's pretty good. So anyway, uh, Charles Russo, check it out. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do that. Uh, a couple of minor things I just wanted to talk about. Of course, the, uh, the interesting thing is uh, in terms of that pilot we were going to talk about, which I did want to discuss, even though Peter brought it up. There was this pilot. There's a pilot up in uh, an Indiana businessman, uh, financial problems, a management, uh, financial management for companies under investigation. And uh, he was supposed to be in, in, uh, in a court for an appearance, and he, uh, he didn't show up. The name is Marcus Schrenker. Marcus Schrenker. And uh, he lost a half a million dollar uh, lawsuit. And uh, so he decided... What the heck? I'm just going to go up in my plane. You know, these wealthy dudes in their planes. Yes. And, and he decides, which is what Peter pointed out. I mean, how do you, what goes through your mind? You say, I'm just going to point the plane in this direction, throw on the autopilot, and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to jump out the plane, and, and the plane lands wherever it's going to land. Isn't that kind of scary? Don't you think? Well, I don't think he was thinking. <laughs> no, that's just evidently uh, not. He wasn't thinking because the plane's going to come down somewhere. So what happened to him? Well, here's what happened. He parachuted, they suspect, and that's what evidently happened. He parachuted out of the plane uh, somewhere over um, uh, central Florida, northern central Florida. The plane landed in the Everglades, evidently. Oh, okay. All right. It mm-hmm. crashed in the Everglades. Now, Maybe he had just enough fuel okay. to go 10 miles or something. Maybe he knew it was going to the air. Well, I, you know, it would be I, awful if he did that and he hit a house, for God's sake. That would be terrible, or a schoolyard or something okay. like that. So, uh, so he, he, and he parachuted after he hit the autopilot, just out the door. And, and he faked it. it. I don't know what he was thinking, because even if the plane came down, wouldn't they look for a body in the plane, you would think? I would, you would think. You would think there had to be a body in the plane. Because but there wasn't. don't usually fly themselves. Or no. Get up by them. Absolutely not. So the point is, folks, that... Um, so we don't know what happened to this guy? We're not quite sure. Uh, they, they're pretty sure he parachuted out, and uh, uh, his clothing was missing so from the maintenance. Just, and Yeah, he's, he's, MIA. he's, he's out or, there or someplace right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's not an MIA, exactly. but he is MIA. Yeah. Got it out there somewhere floating around. So um, that's very interesting. That's kind of a little bit of news that was exciting today. And, of course, the winter chills coming through. We're going to be frozen later. And the interesting thing of all things, and we, considering we've been talking about General Motors and Ford and, and Chrysler, and we, we were talking about uh, biofuels and alternative energies, mm-hmm. and we had uh, the head you know, uh, R&D person for the Volt many, many months ago on the Get show. And we do have to get him back because today, uh, Rick Wagner, actually yesterday, Rick Wagner, uh, who's the CEO of General Motors right now, who's the gentleman who appeared in Congress to defend uh, their uh, ability and their wanting of more money from the government, uh, unveiled the new uh, battery for the vault today, which is remarkable because they admitted a few months ago they didn't have it down pat yet. Got it. So now they have it. The battery pack is there. It's in the front of the uh, the Herald's business section from this morning's paper. You can see you can go on in, on the internet 
or may it probably be on the news tonight somewhere. But the new battery for the Volt, now they're basing the whole success of General Motors is going to be on this bio, uh, you know, alternative to oil. Uh, biofuels. They're into flex fuels and hybrid engines. At the same auto show, uh, Toyota introduced the new Prius, the next generation. It's a sleeker looking one. It has the best gas mileage. It gets over 50 miles to the gallon on the road and gets 40 in the city. That's an amazing amount of That's, yeah. conservation. Um, uh, Honda displayed their new, uh, their new hybrid model. And so they displayed this, this uh, I know, they displayed this and the battery pack right now is able to go, so they say, 40 miles on battery. Now, that may not sound very good for most of us because we're used to commuting from, you know, for Wanda, to, for you to come to your home and back, that could be more than 40 miles or it could be almost as long as driving 40 miles because, you know, we have traffic. Right. It'd be really bad to run out. Mm. But it has a little uh, gasoline engine with it. So when you use up your 40 miles, uh, your gasoline engine kicks in and it's probably like a... Uh, you know, a 100-horsepower engine, and that will drive you and it will charge up your battery a little bit more as you're driving. But the neat thing is, if you think about it with these battery-powered cars, and you're going to start seeing a lot of them past this year, going into 2010, that's when the Volt's coming out, and other battery cars, including Chrysler Corporation, has got three of them. Uh, uh, If you live where you work, and if you only have to drive 10 miles or so to go to work, this is wonderful. You'll never use gasoline during the week. So that's kind of cool. And you know what else? It's yeah. silent. There is no sound whatsoever. Ooh. So you're in the car. If you've ever been in one before, it's very strange. Not so good for blind people. There's no sound. Good for Sorry. And now we're going to have the blind people. We're going to have Stevie Wonder here tomorrow talking to us about what it's like not Can't to hear, hear the, the sound. Cars coming Can't hear the car coming. Right. You're in big trouble. All right. But uh, anyway, welcome uh, to the show today. We're glad that you were here. We're really happy to have you. Stay warm tonight. It's going to get chilly. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, We'll be back on Thursday. uh, uh, We have a lot happening on Thursday. Check the website, therichroffinshow.com. We're going to talk about Florida prepaid. I know that. That's going to be there. And we may even have somebody from Ford Motor Company on the show. Take care of yourself. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. We'll be back tomorrow for more of the good, the rule, the bad, utterly deceptive twaddles, the business. This is the Rich Rothman Show. No. <laughs>